Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. So glad you're here, and so glad for the opportunity to share a little bit with you again today. Last time I talked about Robin and my experience working together with Jesus in our own discipleship, our own transformation process, and I especially focused on the journal as the gym and a place to stay focused, a place where we go to do the exercises and we get to be trained and coached and we see the change and track it and just all that good stuff. Anyway, I wanted to kind of piggyback on that, though, for a moment in another Robin story. I thought at some point, I think I got to get Robin in here and give her a chance to speak for herself. And actually, you guys would probably like to hear from her to find out what is it like being married to me, (laughs) whether that's a good or bad thing. But honestly, I would love for her to share at some point about that she and I, our spirituality was very, very different. Rob and I are very similar in our temperaments. If any of you are familiar with this thing called the Myers-Briggs, Rob and I are very, very similar in most of the temperament categories, except for one. I am a high extrovert, as you can tell by how chatty I get. Robin is a high introvert. And when we first got married, my spirituality, my way of doing time with God was very extroverted. And Robin's was very introverted. It was quiet, reflective, reading. And I wanted to pray out loud. I wanted to get fired up. And somehow I projected onto her that her way of spirituality was somehow less because it wasn't like mine. And uh, shame on me. And it was really hurtful. But in those early years, in my immaturity, our immaturity, we ultimately chose to stop doing any kind of stuff together. We went to church together, we went to group together, but in terms of our own walk with God, our own devotional life, we just stayed a mile away from one another and just kind of did it on our own. And as such, over a lot of the years, even with First Loved, I was very careful to not say or push anything on her because we really had this strong line, just stay out of my turf and I'll stay out of yours kind of thing. So some years ago, though, we were at a marriage weekend, and in the process of that marriage weekend, we discovered that, yeah, we did that, and maybe that wasn't so healthy. Or maybe even more so is that we just wanted to see if we couldn't try again, that we wanted to do that part of our lives together somehow. And so over the last number of years, we've been having a good time actually doing a lot of reading together, studying together, processing the sermons, processing scripture together, just varieties of things. And and now every morning, practically, we at least start with Jesus calling just to kind of stimulate our minds, hear the Lord. So we're growing in it. It's been really fun. It's been hugely encouraging and blessing to me. And as I mentioned to you, she doesn't hear me in a hurtful or bad way when I was just trying to challenge her about last time about putting those verses and thoughts about the will of God down in a journal so she could actually think about it and stay focused on it. Well, anyway, it was cute this morning. She couldn't sleep last night. Of course, she said, you were having no trouble. (laughs) Every time I got up and I looked over and you're totally zing away. But she says, you know, I've been trying to learn to use that time to actually engage the Lord if I can't sleep. So a lot of times she'll go out and read her Bible or read something and maybe pray. Well, last night she got to thinking about Psalm 23. And Robin and I both grew up in church. So that was one probably next to the Lord's Prayer. It was probably the second passage that you learned. 
But anyway, she shared with me at breakfast this morning that she was trying to do it by memory and realizing that she kept forgetting certain lines, and she was pretty sure she was putting them all in the wrong order. So she asked me, she goes, well, honey, how did you get it into you? How did you get it more fixed and secure? So I thought I would just share with you today, people have asked from time to time, again, how do you memorize? Well, memorizing, again, for me, every verse is different. It really is different. It's what the verse triggers. In fact, I had a really cool experience. You know, I've talked to you about being down in Costa Rica at the discipleship school and This was really fun for me when I was talking with an older couple there, older meaning not the 18 to 25-year-old, probably in their 40s. But anyway, they're there trying to do language school, and they were having a really hard time doing the school. Then somebody turned them on to a guy who was offering a kind of a cheat for learning Spanish. And essentially what the guy did was that somehow, I, I went online, but I haven't looked at it thoroughly yet. He essentially found there's like a thousand words that are almost identical to English words. And he also found other kinds of things that were similar to English where he said, look, use what you already have and build on that. So you know these English words, start with words that are familiar that barely change. And you can actually get a bunch of vocabulary into you right off the bat. I wish I could tell you more about it, having looked at it, even tried it. But they were so encouraged because their Spanish had really rapidly increased compared to what it was when I met them in October. And here I was talking to them in February. Well, again, it's the same idea. When I go to memorize, I'm always thinking about what is the first thing that the verse pops into my mind? Is there an image? Is there a phrase? Is there an acronym? Is there just something that helps me remember. I finished last time's podcast, if you remember, if you heard it, with Philippians 4.9, when Paul says, whatever you've learned, received, heard, or seen in me, put it into practice. Well, that one I used as calisthenics, where it was learned, received, heard, or seen. So what I was doing is I would learned, it was an L word, so it's legs, So I would reach down and touch my toes, whatever you've learned, legs, and then I'd come up and I'd put my arms out as though I'm receiving, and then I would bring my arms in, whatever I've received, and then I would point to my eyes and to my ears. So whatever I've learned, legs, whatever I've received, arms, seen or heard. Whatever I've learned, received, seen, or heard. Learned, received, seen, or heard. And I'm doing that like an exercise, touching my toes, extending my arms, pulling them in, pointing to my eyes and ears, and put them into practice. It's that kind of thing. Anything I can do. Well, so Robin asked me, there you go, see, there's my extroversion going off all over the place. But back to Robin, back to memorizing and helping her. So I said, honey, in this case, this one I do pictorially and almost kind of like a journey. And she goes, well, what do you mean? Well, I said, okay, let's start off with the first thing. And I'm going to do it first person for you. I, Yahweh, I, the Lord, I, Jesus, the chief shepherd, I am your shepherd and you will never want. And she knew that line well enough, but I said, imagine you're a sheep looking at the shepherd. He's the starting place. What's he going to do now? As a shepherd who loves you, who says you will never want, you will never lack, you will never be without what you need, then what's he going to do next? Well, he's going to take care of you. He's going to feed you, nourish you, 
restore you, restore your soul. Well, physically, I said, what I see is then the shepherd makes me lie down in a green pasture for rest and chewing on the grass and whatever. He leads me over to the stream by still waters because we need food and water and rest. All of which is restoring, as a sheep, it's restoring your body. But in that sense, he's restoring our soul. What is the food, water, and rest that the Lord would give us to restore our soul? That's what the shepherd does. He cares for us, provides for us, protects us. Well, in this point, not protecting yet. So I said, can you see that in your mind? You got an image of a shepherd. You're right there with him. He brings you into the green pastures. He causes you to lie down in the green pasture. Now he leads you over by the still water. You get a drink and you're going, ooh, la, la. Mm, Thank you, Lord. My soul is restored. My heart is restored. My body is restored. Now, imagine the shepherd says, let's continue. So the next line is, I guide you in paths of righteousness, paths of doing right, paths of loving like I've loved. I lead you in paths of righteousness, guide you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. So I said, honey, the next thing I see is that Jesus begins to lead us down a path. So he led us into this pasture, caused us to lie down over to the water. Now he's guiding us along paths of righteousness. Now, as we're walking, suddenly we come to a valley, a very dark valley, a very scary valley. I said, I see that. And now he says, even even when we had to walk through this valley of the shadow of death, Fear no evil, because I am with you. And you just imagine yourself huddling up next to him, and he's right there, and you look up, and what's the next thing? My rod and my staff, the instruments of safety and protection and help, are there in his hand. He says, fear no evil, for I am with you. My rod and my staff, they comfort you. And then I say, when I come out of the valley... The image in my mind is that, and this you just I had to just create it for myself, but the image in my mind is a table. And he leads me to that table. And now I'm no longer a sheep, <laughs> but I sit down at that table and I'm surrounded by enemies. There was the enemy of the darkness and not knowing what was lurking out there. And in that sense, he's there to protect, to care, to watch out for, to guard. But now in the presence of my enemies, he prepares this feast. He says he prepares a table before me, or he, he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And the idea would be this banqueting table. He anoints my head with oil, and I see the oil running down and pouring into the cup so that my cup overflows. So at the table, there's a table, I'm sitting there, he anoints my head with oil, and it flows down into the cup. And the whole image, I did a podcast on this some time back, that the whole image is this sense of abundance, of blessing that God provides for us, even though we're surrounded by enemies, even though enemies may think they've got us, that the Lord provides for us, he vindicates us, he blesses us when others would think that can't happen. The Lord's saying, whether the enemy was the darkness and all that lurked in it, or there's actually literal enemies surrounding you in every way against you, insulting you, taunting you, wronging you, harming you, I still provide abundantly for you in the midst of this. 
So I'm just sitting there feeling the safety, the security, and overwhelmed by the abundance that he's providing. Well, then the last thing is to begin to walk away. And the last verse is that surely goodness and mercy, depending on what translation, it's either mercy, unfailing love, love, or um, loving kindness, or whichever word works for you. All the translations say surely goodness. And then it's the next one, surely goodness and mercy, surely goodness and love, surely goodness and unfailing love, surely goodness and unfailing kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And again, the idea is we get up from the table and I just think about all that the Lord has done. And there's this confidence that it's like this statement of confidence, surely His goodness And his unfailing love, his loving kindness, will follow me. It always has, it always will, all the days of my life. And then finally, I said, you look forward to his presence, right? And you will dwell in my house. That's right. Let's go back to the first person. I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I anoint your head with oil so that your cup overflows. Surely, Surely my goodness and my mercy, my unfailing love will follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in my house forever. And I thought again, from our perspective, the idea is that as I'm thinking back on all this that the Lord has done, I have such confidence that I declare, yes, it's true, Lord, your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in your house forever. And in that sense, it was the temple that it was the place, especially in Old Testament times, it was the place, the sense of where God's manifest presence was. Well, the cool thing is that his presence, he's made home in you and in me. He's made home in our hearts, but we still only taste that in part and that one day we will dwell in his eternal house, in his eternal home, one that Jesus has gone to prepare for us forever. And all of the dark valleys and all of the enemies even all of our needs and weaknesses and whatever, it'll all be changed in the end. Well, the cool part was that as Robin and I just kept rehearsing that this morning, she said, I can see that. I can turn that into a vision of a journey. The shepherd, the sheep, the pasture, the water, restored, continuing along a path of righteousness. I come into a valley. I come out on the other side. There's a table. And then as I get up from the table, I'm just aware and acknowledge that his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will be with him in his presence forever and ever and ever and ever. And she said, I can begin to get that order because I know the gist of the verses. I just need to memorize that order. And it's a little journey. It's a little trip. It's a little excursion with the shepherd. Well, anyway, I just wanted to share that with you today because... It was one that even Robin was familiar with, and even for me for that matter, but that's how I got it into me and got the order. And sometimes that's a great way to start. Just work on the order. Just work on the key ideas. And then eventually take one of those at a time and flesh it out. The goal is to get it deep, 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 deep into your soul, that it transforms you and changes you and fills you full of confidence and assurance and hope that you're never alone. Jesus is the chief shepherd, and he loves you more than you could ever imagine, and he will never fail you. Yeah, we're going to go through varieties of experiences in the journey, but know that his goodness and his love is with you all the days of your life, and together we will all be in the Lord's house. 
in the place that he's prepared for us for eternity and forever. God bless you. I love you. Have a great day.